Hello and welcome back to Growth Sessions. I'm your host, Tony Pavlakis, and today we're going to be talking with my good friends and founders of our company, Mikhail Segal and Gary Arnold. Welcome to the show, fellas. Hey, Tony. Hi, Gary. How are you? Hey, Mikhail. Great yep. to see you, Tony. Hey, nice Gary. To see you too. Long time nice no to talk. You, too. you know, we can uh, we always talk about doing the podcast, and let's just so uh, let's just jump right into it, you know, so we can, you know, talk about a little bit about mapping out lighting systems and considerations when setting up a grow. But first, let's get a little bit of background on us. What, you know, what drove you, you know, how did TSR Growth start? Well, uh, TSR Growth started um, about 13 years ago now, uh, really focused on, really with a focus on getting into the LED lighting and solution uh, aspect of, of the industry. Um, I was working uh, in kind of a peripheral industry and uh, supporting LED. And there's a lot of work going on in uh, blue light and uh, really initial conversion of uh, phosphor conversion of blue light into, into general light based on uh, some of the work done by uh, Juji Nakamura, who was basically the inventor of the blue light. And he, he ended up winning a Nobel prize around it. And there's a tremendous amount of uh, development and work going into creating the first LED light bulbs and starting to work in commercial lighting. And Gary and I actually were, we were working together in another company and we saw the, really the, the trajectory and the opportunity in LED lighting and what was going on. And we, we really felt based on where we were and with a, we had always had a strong focus on solutions. And um, we, we agreed, we decided that, um, you know, this was, uh, this was an opportunity to really bring some of the solutions that we were known and capable of, of delivering to this industry. And so we, we started uh, TSR Grow. And just that with the focus on um, seeing what was happening, but really seeing what was not being done uh, really efficiently. And um, we developed some solutions for, for the space that was um, really to take advantage of LEDs rather than trying to shoehorn LEDs into what traditionally would have been used for lighting and, and its application. Uh, we developed uh, solutions that were really targeted for the industry that they were being used for and really targeted for integrating the solutions into an approach that took advantage of LED lighting. So um, that's, that's, we, that's how we got into it. So, I mean, so you've been in it for a while and you like the idea of like solutions and then you saw a channel or an avenue that, you know, LED lighting can provide for, you know, there's just so many aspects of it that it can provide. Um, what what drove you specifically to the cannabis industry versus, I mean, I know that we, we do some other, you know, leafy greens and some tomatoes and some other things, but what, why do you think there's such a big focus right now in the cannabis industry? Well, cannabis is a huge, uh, as a plant needs a lot of energy to grow. And so um, it really, help drive the adoption of LED lighting and LEDs in horticulture because of that huge energy consumption. And also, um, you know, some of the, you know, the spectrum requirements for, for growing good flower and um, really for delivering, um, you know, exceptional yields and, and other things. There's a lot of, really a lot of important factors in, uh, in growing cannabis. And so we focused, I wouldn't say focused, but we really, uh, put a lot of attention in that area because of the energy required and the really the specialty um, 
specialized nature of spectrums, power, the whole integration, just the nuances of growing, you know, some of the data collection, the requirements around how to how and what to deliver and, and use in terms of growing uh, the right terpene profiles and, and all those things. Now, going back years, a lot of this was really just being developed, but we, um, it just was a, was a real opportunity in terms of energy consumption uh, and, you know, the opportunity to really be sustainable and uh, make an impact on a very important crop that had been really um, blacklisted and, uh, you know, suppressed for such a long time. It was really an opportunity to, to make a difference. That's awesome. I mean, I, I love hearing that. I mean, it just, it's, it's such a great story. Um, jumping into, you know, some other questions too that I had and that we've kind of talked about. Um, Gary, what do you feel like some questions people should be asking when they're developing their plan for the cultivation facility? Well, actually, it's the same questions we ask them when we start talking to people is that, uh, you know, basically, how are they set up? How are they organized? What's their business plan? Because um, what we find is if you're not organized right up front, it's going to be a rough road going, you know, going forward. So we'll look at, the, you know, we'll know about their financials, how they're going to uh, start, how they're going to continue to fund their, you know, their growth as they go forward. What's the facility look like? Uh, do they have that uh, fully scoped out? Do you know what all the regulations are? Um, have they got a, a real plan in terms of uh, volume, in terms of what they want to grow or need to grow? And, uh, and then have they sized it up in terms of how they go about doing that? I think a lot of it comes down to having a plan that, that, uh, that really will work. And, and you know, that's the way we start talking to people is that we want to know as much as we can about their view of what they want to do so that we can help them. And, uh, and if, we, if we feel as though we cannot help them, we'll tell them. But if generally what we do, we identify many areas where uh, we can add, we'll call it uh, value from our experience and our background, knowing the regulations, knowing different states and uh, local facility you know, regulations that are gonna impact them, not only what's on the books right now, but what's being talked about. I mean, these, these things all have a way to kind of bubble up and uh, if you don't have your eyes wide open, you're going to get a uh, you're going to get a surprise. I'll give you one that's obvious that that sometimes it's overlooked is the utilities. Uh, it's, sure. it's interesting how many people haven't looked at the amount of utilities they're going to require for their facility or or work with the utility companies to see if they can get the power or the gas or the water quality that's required to uh, operate their you know their plant system. So it's a it sounds obvious, but many times that's overlooked until at some point down the road. Yeah, I mean that's that's it's crazy important. But I I do I I love that the, our approach to when we talk to some of the folks out there looking to get into the cannabis industry and looking to get into this just exploding this just exploding market. It's really understanding what they what they're doing and how how we can help. And you know we have an application that we can you know hopefully a solution for them. Um, so you feel that finding out the needs of the customers is super important and developing a custom solution basically for them is important? Well, it's, it's, every system is a custom. And when you look at a facility, they're all different. Uh, the people that are going to be doing the cultivating are, are different. They have different backgrounds and experiences. Many times it's totally new technology that they're going to be uh, faced with, whether it be irrigation or 
or lighting or, or just uh, nutrient systems. Uh, everything is, uh, because it's getting into a commercial scale, it generally is new to them. And the scale is definitely the thing that throws them all off. Uh, you know, the, oh, for sure. it's not a one-to-one relationship. And uh, we, we, we spent a lot of time, you know, it's interesting. It's, it's more important. And it's almost like it feels though where we act like a doctor sometimes. And we're trying to, you know, determine what, what the health of the patient is. And it really is their, you know, their experience and understanding. And if they lack it, that's okay. We just want to know that because we can, we can add, you know, we can augment that. We can help them and we can For bring sure. in the, the tools and the facilities or the skill set to, to really help them out because we've got one goal in mind and that's to work with people as much as we can do to help them succeed. We can't do that for them, but we can definitely work with them with the idea that, you know, we'll partner up with them and, and uh, do what we can do to uh, go, you know, go and make it happen. That's awesome. I mean, I, I love it. Um, like, kind of like adding to that, what do you think, I mean, what do you feel is overlooked? I know you said sometimes the energy and the water, like their, their requirements, but what are some of the other things that are overlooked in the industry when people are making their plan? I mean, aside I, I, from, I think, uh, uh, yeah, I think no. a glaring, a glaring problem is, um, uh, the question is again, what do you want to do in your business? Do you want to, uh, have a long-term plan to grow it, or you're looking to get acquired or merge or, or, or develop some strategic relationships going forward? Generally, what that means is that you, customers need to be looking at what we call good manufacturing uh, practices. And that really is the kind of the cornerstone of what we think a lot of people should be designing in. Because if they're building to be, uh, you know, in the business for, you know, a short period of time, they want to be able to sell their business, there's going to be a lot of facilities that are going to be built and will want to sell. And they're going to be selling to, Larger MSOs, they're going to be selling to pharmaceutical companies, beverage companies, the large companies that start dominating this industry. Those companies are going to be looking for high quality facilities. So if you haven't designed or built in the, the elements for good manufacturing uh, processes, you're going to, you're going to have a, a struggle to be able to, to, be able to you know, provide an interesting acquisition for another, another customer. One of the biggest problems that we see is people do not understand that well enough and they don't understand the, the, the functionality that has to go into planning enough. Does not mean that you have to have a fully, you know, clean room environment that you might be, you know, uh, you know, building pharmaceutical you schools know, right now, but you need to be thinking about how do you make that step up to uh, clean room grade if and when you have to do that. And that's a lot of the ways we look at the business and it, and it can be looked at very, we'll call it economically, as long as you plan up front. And uh, yeah. then the migration into the full GMP is much more uh, reasonably handled. And I know you mentioned too, I mean, going, going along with like GMPs, good manufacturing practices, these people, the, all the, the cultivators and the people getting into the industry, they have to be aware of the regulation changes. I mean, things are going to change. I mean, right now it could be, it could, for instance, it could power could be their power consumption. Well, could they're be not, one. Yeah. They're not looking at those things. Uh, at least we find they're not looking at those things early in the game. They just take what is what they have to face with today is what they're, what they're looking at. And one of our jobs 
is to open their eyes in that area. Look, guys, we know there's going to be more rigorous regulations, specifically around uh, energy sustainability, uh, you know, wastewater, uh, even CO2 emissions. I mean, all anything that's being consumed or wasted uh, in this industry is going to be under higher scrutiny. So, our our, our strongest opinions in that area is, you know, think about the most efficient, effective way you can grow, you know, grow crops at the least energy consumption and the waste, you know, try to minimize all of that. So we look at, we look at ways to be very, very conservative right off the bat with all of the sustainability. That's a very important part of what we continue to preach to people. And, uh, and we've had a lot of customers thank us many times over that, you know, we were we were helping them, you know, see that opportunity to do things more efficiently because it not only saves the money while they're starting their operation, but there are additional rebates or incentives that come uh, through through the states uh, when they're trying to get these organizations to get more sustainable. And if sure. you've got to put, you know, if you've got an infrastructure that allows you to dial it in that way, then actually you can you can gain from that and you get some additional incentives. So it's been it's been um, it's been a good, it's been a good experience and segment that we've pushed into, and I think there's a lot of um, benefits that have come out of that for you know for our users. That that's that's I mean yes, it is definitely, it's amazing some of the things that are changing, the things that are going on in the environment. Mikhail, a quick question for you too: uh, What challenges in the industry do you see? Well, you know, there's a, a myriad. I mean, it's kind of, of broad. I mean, yeah, there's a myriad of challenges, but you know. Um, there's, uh, you know, from regulation to operating costs to sustainability, um, you know, to social justice, there's, there's so many different challenges going on and it's imperative to, you know, it's very important to, to, to really try and, and balance all of those and really be um, into your operation. Um, from a business perspective, um, certainly operating costs um, sure. are very important. You know, I mean, yes, you know, as we all know, uh, crop, crop, you know, there might be uh, a high dollar value per pound on a on flour in, in a particular uh, space or in a in a market. But as the market saturates and more and more players come online, and you know things start to expand out, and um, you know those prices will come down. So having the ability to really weather the you know weather the long term you know. Uh, cost changes. I mean, look on the, you know, this happened on the West coast when you had, yep, you know, sure did. You, had, you have a, a huge drop in, in costs when, when you had overproduction. So I think being able to keep your costs down um, through a sustainable, um, not only a, a, a uh, through your design of your cultivation, but having the systems in place that can mm -hmm. support long-term operating savings is a, is a, is a really a crucial thing. Um, to, you know, to, to being, um, you know, to being profitable. And, and along with that is how, how sustainable are you? How, you know, can you do things in a way that you can recycle, reclaim, or, you know, work in and have a lot, a lot less waste that can all tie into uh, really, uh, you know, sustainability and, and, and reduce your operating costs. Absolutely. I mean, we see a lot of talents now too, as we're talking with, with people getting into the industry, but the talents are changing as, as they're going. I mean, I think that everybody's learning as, as we're moving forward. I mean, even too, like they love to see the reclaimed water systems, 
in what what they're doing with them and their the discharge and what they're putting down the drain i guess we can call it and what they're using you know there's just been so many changes in the industry just because people are learning um and, home- and even from a from a you know i mean look at all the co2 that's been that's being pumped and used i mean if you look at truly look at a footprint um cannabis uh, cannabis growing is um you know it does have a a high carbon footprint because of, of the amount of CO2 that it is generated just to grow the plants. So I think there's, there's definitely opportunities to become more sustainable and to reduce your costs. And therefore it is really important to um, have key pieces uh, in, in the systems that you put in, that you put in place systems that allow you to adjust to changing regulations or changing, um, you know, changing environments, and to be able to adapt your growing, um, you know, your growing methodology and or um, be able to integrate in different systems. And so, from a you know, from a lighting to fertigation to power, and power is, is huge. You know, power is uh, from from HVAC to, to to LED lighting. Power is a huge consumer in the in, in indoor cultivation, at least mm-hmm. in a controlled environment. So having those systems that can adapt and really reduce that over time is a is a critical piece. Yeah, and for sure. You, well, you just and that's too because a lot of people the way they start out in the industry, they're starting out small. They grew at we'll say a lot of people grew at home or they have a small like test grow. And they learn in that and then they have to be able to adapt and grow that business. And then they're trying to understand, like you say, like they didn't probably have a big electric bill, they probably had a bigger one than they normally would have in a normal home. But how important do you feel like the scalability of the project needs to be like going moving forward, like when they get into a facility or they, you know, they have their plan and they have a, they got approved for a big license, but you know, the system that's integrated to be more scalable how important do you feel that is scalability is critical and and um you know being able to know have information in your in your in your hands so you know systems that monitor power uh can monitor the lighting the consumption have really integrated control um really zone out what you're doing be able to grow and adapt and and, and make a modular designed you know, system, whether it's for, you know, for lighting, modular system, uh, centralized, uh, centralized systems that are modular and scalable that you can easily add on and or change or adapt um, that can record and monitor temperatures and, and humidities and all the environments that can tie into all the fertigation. So all of that being in the know and all of that information gathering and all of that, all of that data then also helps drive scalability and sustainability because as you grow you start to learn um, what you've done in the past and having the data to be able to replicate or change or adapt or make improvements all help drive uh, how you expand how you grow your next cycles how you grow from year to year and then how can you you know have the information to be able to change and adapt to changing regulations and then also be able to have compliance to you know, GMP standards and or, um, you know, information for when, you know, when agencies or, or people or, you know, whether it's medical or, or recreational, you know, this is a, you know, it is a, it is a medicinal plant and having the information about that, what, of, of everything that went into growing it 
is a critical piece to, to having that um, safety and regulation and, and sustainable piece. I, I mean, I, I, we actually kind of starting to see that now, you know, there's a lot of markets that started out in like the hemp or CBD industry. And as they transition, like they built their plans and their business plans, and their, their good manufacturing procedures, and they're, they're doing all the things in hemp and CBD with the intention of, I think, some of these facilities, as they trans, you know, the, the states will allow now them to grow cannabis. You know, and they'll allow them to grow THC plant. And if they have the all the background data and infrastructure built into those facilities, I mean, it should be an easy conversion because they're already doing all the tracking. They're doing all these important things. So I definitely see that in the um, like in, in the industry right now. Gary, quick question for you too: what, what kind of monitoring do you see in this space uh, right now and in the future? You know, in growing, uh, we don't see enough. Actually, uh, it's. Um... It's something that's probably under underutilized and undervalued by too many of the uh, you know cultivators. So when we go into a facility, we'll see many times wall-mounted you know temperature uh, gauges and uh, CO2 measurements uh, in humidity. They're not tied together. They're not they're not capturing that data. They're actually got a little pad of paper and, and writing down notes every now and then, and it just opens up a Pandora's box because. It doesn't give you the ability to understand what happened if there was a problem, what caused that problem, what combination of the environment that might have thrown something off that all of a sudden you had a mold breakout or something, you didn't catch it. Yeah. And if you have the right kind of monitoring, obviously, that's the whole thing is to prevent, uh, you know, pests and mold and, you know, IPM invasion. That's going to be number one. Number two is to keep your crops growing at the the healthiest rate with the least amount of energy. So if you're monitoring and controlling those things, and, and one of the things on energy, energy is a big, that's the biggest one. I mean, really is that uh, we, we've hit on that a couple of times, but many of the contracts that these uh, folks have for their power are demand demand rate limited so that if they get to a certain demand, they can they get, a, they get their power at a certain rate as long as they don't go over demand. If they go over that, just, once in the month, it ratchets up for that whole month, uh, so that can be very. So that's costly. now their new rate. If, yeah, yeah. So you're going to be very costly if you if you let that go by. So we advocate, you know, monitoring uh, that's that's got to be, you know, seven twenty four, and it's going to save you money, but it's going to keep you, you know, in line or something like that. But everything in your facility is critical, and one of the other things that's one of the many things that we see also is that. People may have monitoring devices, but they don't have a calibration or certification uh, routine. It's not even in their SOP. Uh, and we believe that uh, any kind of monitoring uh, sensors and software you put in, which you know, which we you know we advocate is a uh, a self-diagnostic uh, set of products that, that allows the operator to see where things are either drifting or the power is not right or something like that, or the scheduled calibration. Uh, series is, is brought to their attention so they can't skip over it. We put that in front of them all the time. So it keeps them with good information of, you know, to, or good data, I should say, that they then concern in the information to help them run their facility better. More importantly, and go back and analyze problems. And we all know there's problems out there. Problems just happen because of, you know, unscheduled issues that come up. It could be a pump or motor, or it could be uh, a hand truck that's stuck stuck into something. It could be something jammed. 
and that will reflect in a measurement, uh, whether it be in the environment or the, or the lighting or the waste product or something like that. It'll get an alarm that can, it can push to you and, and have you have the opportunity to respond to that problem before it becomes a major issue and before you lose some profit. And uh, yeah. that's what it's all about. It's like putting in an insurance policy that keeps you lined up to meet your goals. And we talk to a lot of people, look, they've got to produce a certain amount of product on a regular basis at a high quality. All right, the only way you're going to do that is to have, like, your, you've got to have your fingerprint all the time. You've got to know what's going on. You're only going to get that through either people walking around, and you don't have that many people walking around taking notes, or you're going to have to have monitoring of all of the variables that's going to help you. And then you have to get that monitoring, that data, into a format that you use. Unfortunately, there's a lot of data being collected that is not being used, not being digested properly, not being analyzed properly. Uh, and so you should have you know, systems that will allow you to put the, put the data into different formats of information that helps you in a management structure, in an operation structure, and even a maintenance structure, because they all go together in a growth facility. And then you tie that back into your supply chain management in terms of being able to get the plant people and process together so you can deliver, uh, you know, products on time as scheduled into your into your uh, distribution. That's that's where the business goes. I mean, so you've got to have a tight management on that. And it goes back into what McCall had said, and I think we and you mentioned yourself is that good manufacturing practices. That's really part of the core structure that is track everything, uh, document everything, uh, and you compare that to your SOPs so you are able to know what you're doing at all times. You are able to prevent things from being catastrophic, and you will be successful if you do that. Yeah, that's that exact. I, I mean, I can't agree with you more. I mean, I, I have another question for both of you, though. I mean, do you see like the monitoring and GMPs being tied to regulations in the future? I mean, Mikhail or Gary, you can either of you can answer that or both of you can answer that. Where, where do you see regulations going in the future? I'll, I'll start with that. I'll just say 100% will be tied to regulations. There will be no options uh, in, in the near future because uh, the, the, the only way to validate that, you, that you're, you're with, within the regulations is to have records. And mm -hmm. uh, that's only going to come from that's only going to come from you know measured uh, parameters. There will be a lot of data entered in by, you know, by people doing certain events or you know activities. But 100%, that's it's all going to be driven again. It goes back into think about we're in a a food business really. All right, we're in a we're in a pharmaceutical and food business, and you think about those industries, all of the standards, all of the safety, all of the cleanliness that has to be tracked and recorded to you know, FDA at some point we're gonna we're gonna have the same thing in this industry so there'll be a governing together, body you gotta, probably you, know, you, you, got, you got to be aware of that it, it's going to happen it will happen much sooner than you think within the next couple of years That's yeah. <clears throat> I couldn't could yeah couldn't agree more I mean it's you know you see there's really um, your flower and tracking and metric and all of those things that are happening, um, you know, tagging and tracking of all the plants and seed to sale, but 
coming into food. I mean, you're talking about oils and, you know, uh, edibles and drinks and all of that just falls into a whole nother level of, of really consumption uh, and consumer-based um, uh, using and, and, and really imp and implementation across the, the world and, and really across lots of different markets. And that, that just requires, you know, that just comes into, as, as, as Gary just said, the uh, huge compliance in terms of knowing all the information that went in, not only the ingredients, how you built it, what you did, what happened along the way, because then you, you know, if there are any issues, you need to know and try and pinpoint where that might've occurred. Was it in, was it in an oil? Was it in a flower? Was it in a, was sure. it in a, you know, one of the operations or, or where was it in the process, whether you're cooking or um, anything else. So yes, tracking is, is coming quickly and especially as um, more and more markets open up and as, especially as more and more regulations and our governments get involved and um, with deep quote unquote deregulation or opening yeah. up becomes more regulation and tracking requirements that go along with it. Yeah, that's, this is great. But well, this has been a great for po first podcast with you guys. I mean, I want to wrap it up, but I would love to have you guys back on and we can talk some more about the industry and which way it's going, what, what our thoughts are on it. But Mikhail, Gary, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, and we'll talk to you real soon. Now, this has right. been great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I great listened to these good. and uh, I feel honored to be on it myself. You know, I'm, hey. I, was, I was wondering when I was going to get the call. You know, <laughs> I, I'll, give, I'll, give, I'll give you the shout out, you know, I'll, I'll, see, I'll see when we can uh, carve out some time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to part two. Awesome. Great, guys. Thanks so much. We'll All talk right. to you later. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Growth Sessions. This podcast is brought to you by TSR Grow. I hope you learned something today. If you have any questions you'd like answered, please feel free to reach out to us through our social media channels or via our website, www.tsrgrow.com. Please don't forget to share this podcast and remember, keep cultivating.